Today's breakthrough is tomorrow's standard, but that doesn't mean the road itself is smooth. The nature of innovation is that it makes us uncomfortable because we're used to the way we have done things in the past. Now, there's a certain insanity in doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results. Innovation requires us to have a new way of thinking about the old problem. Hi there, I'm Wyatt Stahl, and I'm here to reveal what SICD technology is, where it's headed, and most importantly, why you should be paying attention. Please come along as I learn with principal researchers, examine recent studies, and follow the science to get you straight to the heart of this exciting technology. This is Leading the Charge. In those early days of the ICD technology development, there were many skeptics and supporters. In 1972, the following statements were part of a letter to the editor of Circulation from Dr. Bernard Lound and Paul Axelrod. Even in this age of daring-do and erosion of ethical constraints, it is unlikely that VF will be induced deliberately to ascertain AICD performance. And since there is currently no precise method for identifying the susceptible subject, obviously there is little justification in burdening a large group in order to possibly save the very few. We've come through clinical trials and studies which have significantly improved our ability to identify patients in need of protection from sudden cardiac death. And now what we want to do is reduce the morbidity and mortality associated with those systems. This is what happened. So the SICD is in development, and we see a bit of that in the study. We just heard from Dr. Knops. Previously, we talked about the Praetorian trial, this landmark trial comparing transvenous therapy with the SICD. We also see new knowledge that developed during the Praetorian trial. The lessons we learned with programming, not only programming SICD, but also transvenous ICDs, because the MEDIT-RIT trial data arrived after we started with the study. But if we would have changed programming in the middle of the trial, that would become a, a mess in data. So we felt strongly in sticking with the programming that we had. But I think it's important to implement now lessons that we can learn from untouched. One of the things that came from this trial, though, was should we look longer to track these two groups of patients? And that became a reality in the Praetorian XL trial. In my opinion, with the current leads, the median follow-up of 48 months might be too short to reveal the real chronic complications of transvenous ICD therapy. So therefore, I think it's important that we follow these patients longer and we are planning to do that with the Praetorian XL trial. This started at the heels of the Praetorian trial and is extending for another four years. The Praetorian patients were reconsented for this continuing study and is planned for a mean eight-year extended follow-up. The primary outcome is to establish superiority of the SICD versus transvenous ICD for acute and chronic complications. There is a paper out on what happens after box changes uh, of SICDs from a group in Germany. They had a couple of cases where they repeated the DFT test after the box change and were unsuccessful 
in terminating the induced VF. So I think that if you would study the chest x-rays of these patients, you probably will see that they will have developed some fatty tissue under the coil, have grown, and that the lead or the can was not implanted correctly on the fascia. So we're about to publish a paper in Europace with our experience of all our box changes. That is the double amount of the German center. And we have zero problems with shock efficacy after box changes. So I think we don't have to worry. We are the second center producing that data. And I think a lot of centers will follow us with showing how efficacious the SRCD is also in the long term. So also there, I'm, uh, I'm not worried. In addition, chest x-rays after the SICD implant will be collected from the patients that received an SICD system to determine the Praetorian score. The score is a novel tool to evaluate the implant position and predict defibrillation success of the subcutaneous implantable defibrillator system. The Praetorian DFT trial will prospectively validate the score by randomizing to standard conversion testing versus using the score without the development of the data set consisted of 181 patients with SICDs, and the validation cohort consisted of 321 patients from the SICD investigational device exemption trial. The distribution of scores was 93 to 98% of the patients had a low-risk score of 90 points. 2 to 5% had an intermediate risk, and 1% had a high-risk score of 150 points. The positive predictive value for an intermediate or high Praetorian score for a failed conversion test was 51%, while a low Praetorian score predicted a successful conversion in 99.8% of patients. The data on appropriate therapy is certainly not complete because we only included the first appropriate therapy um, data from the study. We're also going to do an individual look on all inappropriate therapy and how that is going to look. We also have a quality of life analysis before implant, right after implant and one year after implant. So I know it's a soft endpoint, but for patients, obviously very important. The results that I expect most from is the, the longer follow-up of the entire cohort, because I really think that the most of the complications are still ahead of us in the Praetorian trial with the transvenous systems in place. So I really expect a lot from that. These clinical trials that we've reviewed show the efficacy and the successfulness of the SIC therapy in its ability to determine when the patient is in an arrhythmia that needs treatment, but also how to avoid inappropriate shocks. From the standpoint of incorporating the SICD in your practice, now is a time to move forward so that your patients have the ability to make the decision of an SICD versus transvenous. In my opinion, I think that the SICD, based on this data, should at least be considered in all patients in need of an ICD without a pacing indication. As we look back to those skeptics from 1972, now let's look at who were the supporters in 1973. And that was Dr. Arthur J. Moss, who defended the work of Dr. Maurer and Morawski the following year in that same publication of Circulation. He said, are doctors Lown and Axelrod so clairvoyant that they can see the ultimate impracticality of someone else's research energies? Fortunately, sincere investigators will continue to attack problems even when the prospect of solution is slight and when sensible people shake their heads. These two quotes really capture the challenge of evaluating emerging medical technologies. Also, they capture the challenge of thinking differently. 
With the SICD, it does require learning a new implantation technique. However, to offer your patients the range of therapies for sudden cardiac death prevention, you need to understand what the SICD offers and be able to offer that to your patients. The SICD has been much studied technology. It's shown high efficacy with low rates of serious complications. What are you waiting for? Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading the Charge. This marks the last episode of the season. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And with any luck, you've learned a thing or two along the way. If you're looking for more SICD resources, I encourage you to check out SICDtraining.com. But for now, that'll about do it. Thanks for joining me in Leading the Charge. I'm Wyatt Stahl. Until next time. For more information regarding the SICD and its indications for use, please visit bostonscientific.com SICD. For more information regarding SICD and its indications for use within the European Union, please visit bostonscientific.eu slash s-icd.